Well, Jay, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a little cooped up here. It's time. Uh, it's time for a move. I think get some uh, some space, some bigger yard, that kind of thing. What do you think? You are really gonna move, but like that's like that's a big deal. Like you can't do it that. It is a big deal. You're, you're scared to even leave your living room. <laughs> it's a. It seem what seems like a big deal moving isn't when you use the right people. You can use these sell your own home situations where you're you're bartering with a guy in your driveway for 45 minutes and you end up selling for $3 or you can use a professional that makes moving actually simple. Who are we going to use? But the problem is obviously Tom, but my worry is like you're so far, you're in Orleans. Tom will come to Orleans, he'll go to Russell, he'll go to Clarence Creek, he'll go to west of the Westie Village, wherever it is out there. <laughs> he'll go anywhere for you and make that experience that you were talking about of nervous or a lot of work, make it seem like nothing. Bastion and Ferguson will literally smooth out the easiest move of your life. Wow, even in Orleans, I just can't get over that. Yeah, once you hit 10th line, 11th line, 14th line, he's still coming. He's driving in his brand new Dodge Caravan, carries his family around in, will sell your home. That's what I'm looking for, an easy ride with Bastion and Ferguson. Look them up, he's gonna sell you quick and easy. Jason Whiting, if you aren't the captain of your team, but you just won the FA Cup, do you wait your turn to lift the trophy on the little stage, or do you just say, forget it, I'll see it in the change room? Oh, oh that's a good one. What team am I? Uh, Cobb Ramblers. Nobody's really watching by the end. No, I do it. I go through the motions. I do it because I think they'd probably take someone's going to take a picture of that and I can give it to my kids. But you're right. It is like, ugh. is there it. anything more painful than seeing the last guy and he raised to the crowd and the crowd's done too, right? The crowd's done. So there's like one guy cheering. Like I, I, that's where I'm, I came up with a question. I'm thinking to myself, this is your best question ever. No I way do I do it. I see it in the change room. Yeah. No, you do it because you get the picture. Can't. I don't want the one guy. It's embarrassing. Can't do it. Steve, you're entering a lake from a beach. Do you do the slow walk in, knees, hips, chest? Or do you just sprint in like a crazy Canadian geese? Oh, God. That's a very good question again, Mark. I would say that in a a lake, I do the... I do like a slow walk, but I try to make it look manly like I'm not doing it. 
I've seen Mark do that. Remember, Steve, when he did it at Mooney's Bay? It was yeah. the ma- most amazing thing ever. The kids were just playing, and you just stormed in. Like, my kids were frightened yeah. and just went in. But it added electricity to the day. Yeah. Like, if yeah. my friend, I started throwing the Frisbee extra. I grabbed kids a football that passed over me. I was like, you go long. You go long. It was like, it added everything to it. It was amazing. I forgot about that. But now yeah. I have the one memory of Steve's yes. daughter, Ellie, looking at me like I was like an absolute psychopath. Yeah. Like yeah. she did not like me post run into the lake. Cause you came out of nowhere. The whole beach stopped. Like the lifeguard <laughs> tipped his, his, sungla- his sunglasses and watched. Yes. Incredible. And when he tipped his sunglasses, another pair of sunglasses showed up and then <laughs> another one and then it kept on going. All right. Today's topics. Remember, these guys have no advanced knowledge of the topics that I bring up and bring forth to the snobs. I wanted to use the word forth, and I think that worked. That worked in that in that and, sense. And I'm so glad you're bringing it up because some people, like, not a lot, but call me on some things that I'm saying. And it's like, you know what? I'm speaking from emotion. I know you always back me up with that, Mark and Steve. Um, and I just, I'm so glad you brought that because, you know, I'm just speaking from that emotion I feel in the moment when you come up with some of your questions, which are so far brilliant today, but I just thank you for bringing that up because I'm not researching it. I'm not, uh, I'm not doing a Kristen Jack here where it's like, I, I, I know every, all the details behind everything. I'm just like going from what I know now, you know? Yeah. yeah. So s- switching, uh, into the first topic, we're all coaches, players. Okay, so this is a training question. For even the parents watching, for us as players, us as coaches, people take training different with different rules. <clears throat> I like this question. I think it came up somehow with me and Steve, but when you're training players, youth, old men, whatever, it doesn't matter, what's your opinion on fouling in training? I've played for coaches where we're doing a small side of game and like Gordy McDonald, like wrestling snatches somebody down into the ground and Willie Murray puts his studs through your chest and the game just keeps going, whatever. Now I know it's different in youth, but how often are you stopping training small side of games from fouls? If ever Jay. Okay. I absolutely adore this question. This question is like a gentle cherub nestled <laughs> in my bosom. And now I'm like holding it and it's like looking up at me. Thank you. Because like, I, I kind of know what Steve's going to say and Steve isn't wrong. Um, but I want to be more right in this and I hope I can explain it better as, as best I can. Record, so, I think it's, we're going to agree a hundred percent for the record. Okay. So I hope there's a balance somewhere, but I think I would lean towards more. Why? why are coaches letting things go? And the coaches, when I grew up, did that. And I started to do that as, as a coach because I wanted the vibe to be good. I wanted the energy to be good. So I wanted the play to keep on going. But what I notice is, you know, you know my, my amazing dribblers are my small guys who are thinkers and, and geniuses and, and they're suffering because they're getting destroyed from behind or, you know, they're, they're, they're fouls. And why, why are we not rewarding the kids who have technique and I'd say it to a ref and even with us with Falcons, like we're crap, we're old timers, whatever. We're playing some team from Elmer. We're getting destroyed every two seconds, but it's death by a thousand cuts. I always tell the ref and it's like, 
it, it, it's, it hurts us. It hurt, it, you know, over time, like you get hurt. So I, I agree with calling it. I do want my players to have some resilience. Uh, I don't know if I love, oh, the referee would do this and you're trying to manipulate that. I think there's some value to it, but I think relying on that too much causes like, you know, some of your gifted players who are kind of introverted and maybe just not as aggressive to, you know, lose out a bit. I don't know. What do you think, Steve? I'm going to, I'm going to pick up from the word resilience because I, I, we may not agree a hundred percent, let's say 99. So the, the whole take you at, I would agree with, I really, really like how you explained it about the skillful player and the skillful player shouldn't be punished because Gordy McDonald has a wrestling move that he takes him down on. And like, by the way, we're smashing Gordy McDonald, who's one of the most skillful players I've ever played with, but, <laughs> but he's tough too. So anyways, point being, if you're never calling it, those, they will get discouraged and you will discourage the most important part probably of the game. Like when we talk to the Bunburys and these people, like the people that can take someone on and beat somebody one-on-one and, and beat the man, those are at the end of the day, the most valuable players. Those are the people that change the game. You beat a man, all of a sudden there's an imbalance immediately. The game changes. So you want to encourage that. Um, maybe I'm going to be more parenty and more, I don't know, North American. And like, that's not North American is now over. You, you look so good. You can say whatever you want. Thank you. And it, it's like believable right now, but I think there's teams. Uh, I won't, I won't mention the clubs. I think most people will know when I start talking about it that are easily bullied um, and they aren't resilient. So I, I, I'm picking back up on the resilience, such a great word for this question. Like, I think there is that balance. I'd like to think I strike it, like being uh, arrogant about it. I definitely don't blow fouls all over the place. I probably lean to letting a lot of things go. I like the aggression. Um, but at the same time, I have players, I have little players, I have small guys that are smart. They're like Xavi Iniesta's, I call them. And and I always say, and I've said it on this show, I would love to be a coach who produces a Canadian Zavi. Like imagine I have a little five foot six Canadian make it or another Jerry Gray five, seven, make it like, so you want to reward those guys, but there are clubs that just get bullied and players that just get bullied. And those players, they also can fade out because they don't have that resiliency. And it's, well, it's a fine. Well, I talk, yeah. I could talk personally, Brian, who coached a lot of people in Ottawa and Falcons and he used to, you know, he used to put this in my head that, you know, like, I know is I'm going to get made fun of this, but he's like, oh, you're like a bulldog. And it's like, I wasn't like that before. I was more like technical and all that stuff, but they made me into that. And, you know, he made, I remember you nutmeg me, Stephen, training. And we talk about this all the time, like where you said you felt the most pain in your life. Where, like, he told me to go and kill you. Like, and it was like, I don't think that helped my game. I don't think that helped my game. Like, I think people even see me like even buddies joke around like that, that I'm like a bruiser or whatever. I, I'm actually not. I'm, I, I get high, get into the game a lot. Uh, but then that, uh, you know, that switch that was learned from like 15, 16, 17 with Brian and the Falcons. Like, you know, this is your role. You can play and you can just smash people. It's like, I remember trying to mark Freddie Jewett and he, if Freddie Jewett and like, I, I got two yellows and I got sent off. Like what now I'm not even in the game. What is this? Like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? So I, I, you know what I mean? Like I, I get it, the resilience, but I don't think there's a more value. I think the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Wow. I like that. I'm going to stray off topic here for a few seconds to pick up where Jay mentioned something and it kind of clicked in my head of something I read not long ago, like with Brian telling you to foul in the games and everything. 
So we're talking about fouling and training. What about this new age practice by, I know Guardiola does it. Did I I butcher that name, by the way? No. No. I think I said it right. But anyway, tactical fouling in matches. What do you think about that? Like that's becoming a real tactic. It is. I know. I just watched Man City versus Porto and they were doing it steady, like blatant. And uh, I mean, you're one mind where tactically he is, you know, set in into the third phase and the the creation phase and, and he's he's setting up an attack and he's playing and then the other team's just sitting in waiting for a counterattack and that's their bread and butter and that's one way to stop it. So I don't know if I'm I mean if I'm uh, a, a youth team and my coaching kids to foul right away, I mean if the kids are playing long ball like some clubs in the in the city do right away uh, where I've had coaches against me at U9, U9 tell me, sorry, I had to do uh, Mourinho tactics because my my team was keeping the ball for the whole time and they were just punting it to this fast guy up front. And uh, I, I, some, I think I had to say, guys, well, what's the solution? Well, you know, do that, maybe foul them. Well, you might have to foul them. No one's going to give you a card in youth soccer, which is another problem, another thing. That's why refs are cowards. They're not going to give a kid. If you two stud a kid in the chest at U9, U10, they will not give you a red card. Very rarely. And they'll, 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 they'll just ask the kid to leave, but then you get to put a player on, which I, I agree with, like not to be out, but teach the kid a lesson, give him a card. But that's another question. My thought on it, Mark, to be honest with you, for Guardiola, I think it's BS. I think he's a hypocrite. Like if you're Guardiola and you're, you're a purist, be a purist. You know, like now you're teaching tactical fouls. Do I, do I disagree with it? Probably not. Cause I want to win the game and I'm going to do the things I need to do to win a game. But if you preach that you're a purist then be a purist, you know, yeah. like you're the, the flowing football and I don't do this and I don't do that. Well, now you are doing it. And is it a result because your flowing football is so good? A hundred percent it is no argument, but now your solution is your, I can't now I can't think of the juices and the squeeze I had a great expression for it and I just blew it but like now you're you're stooping to that level like if you're above that level don't stoop to that level that's what bothers me about Guardiola um and don't I I don't have a thing against Guardiola I think he's I think he's a brilliant manager no question but to me it's like if you set a standard meet your standard and and if you're gonna lower it and go to their level now you're Mourinho to me, you're the same thing. Don't don't yeah. vent about Mourinho if you're going to do it. In youth yeah. soccer, I'll be honest, Jay, like maybe it sounds harsh. I think it's dumb. You know what? If they punt the ball against me at U9 and win, then they win. Good for you. Like yeah. I'm not going to teach those kids to tactically foul yet. Am I going to teach them to maybe nudge a guy as he shoots the things we've always known and learned yeah. in a game? Maybe. But I'm not going to have a, a session on tactical fouling. I think it's ridiculous, to be honest. Yeah. I and like I think, that. And I think Guardiola is going to start ruining the game. You know, he's made the game beautiful. And I think that's a negative, very, very negative tactic that to me, it's beneath him. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to argue against. Yeah. It's hard to argue against. Yeah. Well, that's, is he that's wrong? Right. Is he wrong? I don't think so. To be I know. Honest. It's like a piece, I win. Me, a piece of me, like I'm similar. Like I will always want my teams to a fault to play in possession. But like I was guilty of telling the kids that because it really bothered me that they were just kicking it long and doing the counterattack. But that's, that was our weakness too. So, but for me, what... you're you're Bielsa. Bielsa will die with his values, and I respect that. And yeah. you're the same. If Guardiola is preaching to be the same, then be the same. Yeah, yeah. So, Guardiola, 
<clears throat> beautiful game, whatever, short balls, retreat lines, circling back to training, youth games, retreat lines. Okay, I understand the value of them. I coach with them. Do we need them? Are they lulling kids into a false sense of security as they grow older? I don't know. What do you think? Are retreat lines still? I'll start with Steve this time. No, do we need retreat Jay. lines? Go with Jay. I want to know what Jay thinks because I'm not sure. I, and wow. I, I, always, I like to know what Jay thinks. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not sure either. I'm kind of like, I, I'm, I, again, a balance. Like, I, I wouldn't want to go, it's, I know it's a cop-out, but I wouldn't want to go full into anything, right? So I think, you know, since I started doing it, since the rule and everything, I've enjoyed it. I've also tried to help my players see the value in if there was no retreat line. And I remember playing an OPL game and, uh, you know, the other team was cheating and, and, and passing, going through the retreat line. The ref wasn't sure of the rules. And I, I already coached my kids on how to get out of it. And they did. And I was so proud of them. And, you know, we did suffer a bit, but it's like, they were U13. There were still no scores, no standings. Along, the, you know, once there's no scores, no standings, it's it's the opportunity for them to get playing. Let's go back 20 years when their kids were just kicking, punting it out of their hands, the keeper, and going missing everybody. And there's no, I think we've gone maybe too far the other way, like passing back, uh, like at all costs but it's like now like is there's value like see if i've seen you do sessions with my son where you you know you tell them to clip it over the top and, and they're getting that which is great and i've seen them do it in training and now in a game and so it's like and they then they can pass out of the back with the keeper playing outside the 18 so if you have that balance like steve's trying to do with his to me that's the idea the balance not just go full force it's a great answer. I, I, I don't have much to add. I would, I would say if, I, if you want to look at it from a totalitarian perspective, Mark, from outside, <laughs> um, if your question's like overall, overall, Jay nailed it 20 years ago versus now, I think the value of it outweighs any negatives. And I think the balance Jay's speaking of is just fine tuning it to be maybe a bit more valuable than it already is. But like, look at the difference in the capability of the players. Like, look at the soccer this Carlton team plays with Quasi, like, wow, you know, like these good, like they can all play, you know, look at the St. Anthony's Prem here. Like those are just two local random examples. Ottawa, you women who we've not yet talked about, but they can play, like they can all play, like that's impressive. So I think overall it's been fantastic. I actually enjoy, I'm enjoying now, like this is my first experience taking a team from 77 to 99 and now no retreat line. And we just had a couple of games prior to all the COVID shutdown again, that where we were, playing without it um and I, it was actually fun to coach to try and get them out of it and to jay's point it was like remember when we did this with the clip you know and my keeper was encouraging him to come off his line and to receive and to not just play it to this left or right back whoever's right there to clip it for to look to split to go to the striker so it's neat it's a i i, I find it a really cool learning curve but jay's answer is perfect same applies to kick-ins and dribble-ins you no problems with those those are all good uh, that's a good, good question video. actually like I, I don't know i don't know i don't know if kick-ins are valuable <sighs> I, I honestly i really don't know for that one i i almost want to say i'd rather just throw it in and get used to it that's part of the game I, I love the kick-ins at the youngest age. Maybe now U10, U11. Yeah, add that to it, but don't don't call them on the throw-ins. I always tell the coach yeah, before yeah. that, like, I don't care about throw-ins. I don't care. Just just let them play. Let's not yeah. ruin the game. But I do like the dribble-ins at U7, U9, U8, U9. Just 
and it keeps everyone switched on. Like my guys, like and and Steve's guys now, like that ball, they're ready to dribble in. They'll 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 cut you open if you let them. And and I love that because they they that killer instinct. But it's also like that it, it limits all oh, the big guy at the back smashing it five thousand yards up. It's like no, just dribble in. Let's see. Right? Yeah. You deserve it. You the other team kicked it out. So. Yeah. So all this develops the kids for the games. So let's talk about games. Lots of games. Jay's favorite, I think. I think I'm going to hit a nerve here with Jay. Tournaments. Festivals at a young age. Mark, before you ask, you're asking amazing questions. Right I am first question. having a really good time. You're the MVP. Like, I'm, I'm hanging on your word. And you sort of, like, swaggered the way you started this one. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you moved back in your chair a bit. Yeah. You're talking right now. Yeah. So, Jay, tournaments. I, I'm going to think, I think we've spoken about it anyway. What do you think? Should U9, U8, U10, should they be going to tournaments? Or you know what, even the older youth. What, what is the value of a tournament? I say... Development-wise. I, I, I never took my kids to a tournament. I did take them to a festival at the Montreal Impact at the end of the, the entire season um, where they played three or four 25-minute games in the same day, which I did think was a lot. And, uh, but that was like my, I gave that up and the kids enjoyed it. I do understand kids enjoyed it, but they also will enjoy whatever you put in front of them. Kids want chocolate bars all day. You can't give them chocolate bars. They want, you know what I mean? You just can't give them what they want. And all the time, it's not good. We know what's good for them. We know that the more games you play back to back, the less actions you're making in the subsequent subsequent games. And now we're creating slower players. So as much as it's, I think it's for the parents. I think parents are just like, oh, I haven't seen my kid play outside and it's all fun and it seems nice. But over time, sure, one tournament a summer is not going to kill anyone. But over time, the culture of North American uh, parents have salivated at this. Uh, oh, look at all these tournaments. It's amazing. It's good for the kids. No, you know what's good for the kids? If they're not good enough to play a year above them in their own city, then why are they going, driving five hours or four hours, three hours to play someone else? Play someone a year older. Can you beat them? No? Then close your mouth and play. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like then, exactly. It's like, but it's like, oh, no, we want to play someone different. No, you can't. Why? Like if you're driving further than it takes to play the game, you are totally missing the point of development, right? They need one quality game a week, maybe two, if there's that the space in between, which you can get in periodization and under 10, I, of course they bounce back and stuff like that. Steve's doing the course now. He's probably more educated in this now than, than I am. But I, after U13, U14, I, don't, I totally disagree with tournaments. Um, I mean, if it's a qualifying one, maybe. I, I know Canada's huge and you sometimes have to, but I, I, I don't like them. It's such a well-presented answer. I am taking the course. I'll be honest, the first two chapters of the RV course I'm taking has been more, feels like more about him talking about how your mindset has to be as a coach and more like just brainwashing into stuff I, I'm, I already know. But he does get into it and touches on it, and obviously he does, and he's right. And it does, you put it perfectly. To me, the crux of that is the less actions in subsequent games and therefore creating slower players because they're conserving 
And that conserving then becomes normal. Like it becomes, well, this is how I have to always play. But no, you don't because you don't have six games in two days. You're, you're playing a league game. Put it, go all out. You know, go all out and see how. So that is the right answer. Um, 100%. To be honest, devil's advocate in me, how fun are tournaments? Like I loved tournaments. So, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm not a parent saying that. Like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a frustrated player. I'm 43 years old. I'm still a frustrated player. Like that's all I, have, I am. That's why I coach because I can't play. Like it, they are so fun. Like I have such good memories and I, it, there's so many positives that do come out of it in the, you know, and I, and I'm going to say it. I, I, I love winning something at the end of the day. I love like, wow, I won the Pembroke tournament. Nobody cares. Like, but I like, it meant so much to me. Like I, I, I was peacocking all week at school. Nobody at school cared. But for me, I was like the, I was the man. It's, it's, it's hard to argue against you. You're not wrong at all. I don't know. Again, we're, we keep saying balance and is balance just a cop out for not having a, a proper opinion. Is there a balance? I don't know. Like, because I think I saw Mark smirk too. And I think you feel the same Mark, like, God, how fun are they? And that keeps people in the game. And if that keeps people in the game, is that not success itself? Yeah. yeah. I just wonder how good is that final or um, you're right. And, it's it's and, not and, good. It's not good. When you were talking, that's what I was yeah. thinking. I was yeah. thinking, when you, I just remember getting to a lot of crap finals because you're right, Jay. And then I was like, I got to save something to try and score a goal here in 10 minutes. Yeah. And like, how did that inhibit players who could have gone to the next level? You know, I, we always hear when you go over to Europe and I've taken an academy over to Tottenham and the first thing I saw was, geez, speed of play. Yeah. Wow. They go all out, everything into it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, mind you, they do to go against me. They do play some tournaments like the Milk Cup and. But is that the that. balance? But is that the balance? Because they don't do it all the time. Like it they is don't a, do it a lot. culture thing. To your right. point. Yeah. Like I think it comes from hockey and basketball yeah. and like yes. you know it's like, like it's give the kid. I've said this before. It's just the whole thing. Like give the kids a memory so they can play in the elevator. I mean, it's like come on guys like we have to think beyond that like we have to we're we're the if we're the experts we're the coaches we have to take responsibility and say okay they're gonna play in an elevator once in their life they're gonna have a tournament here or there they're gonna go but it's like do, what do we care about is it us or them right you're right so. you're right it's tough like i think maybe mark's question becomes bigger you know development versus just the whole lifelong learning of in soccer and what CSA preaches and others preach, you know, like in a, in a, like a lifelong learning type model where you want on mass, lots of people to play soccer for their whole lives to be 43, like us and me and, and still play to develop. You're more than hundred percent. Right. And I would use the example the MLS has done with their Academy system. They, they pulled out of a lot of the old super Y leagues and all these things they pulled out of tournaments um, they limited games. They structured it all. I think, if I recall, I read something that they sort that like it stopped or it's gone a different way lately. But is the success of what they did not in the amount of American players playing at top level clubs that have developed incredibly? I I hate saying it. It pains me to say it, but there are so many good Americans now. And Mark actually called me out because I I was like very stuck up about it and soccer snob. And I was like, no, it's because they all went over to Europe early. And Mark's like, no, they didn't. Like they started in the States. They got good enough to get to Europe. And some of them even went when they were 17, 18, 19, like 
Like there's a guy, Weston McKinney's playing for Juventus. First of all, worst name ever. It's so American. Like he's from Waco, Texas, where Charmaine is. And he's at Juve. Like they're everywhere. The guy went to Barca. Like, yeah. so that model worked. And then that model, Jay, is, is, is backing your point of they, they took, you know, no better, do better. And they did, you know. Yeah. Let's look at some current, like, university players that we all love and know we know some players that could have played like high level like quality players but what stopped them oh excuse here oh it was no what they come and say for me the pattern is oh so quick there well it's yeah because you had carlton you're playing back-to-back games yeah yeah and mark when you were playing there you were like a high profile player you're not coming off you're not coming off till like the 80th minute or if that and it's like Maybe if you guys get 3-0 up on Trent on Saturday and then the next day, you yeah. coach, you can rest. Maybe he takes you off the 60th minute. Yeah. Sorry, it's not good enough. You you need so much rest in between that. Yeah, I think you nailed it again. Like, I'm like a, I have like Jay pom-poms in my hand right now. And like, <laughs> I have like your card ready to sign with a black magic marker or whatever. But like my one experience of getting to the highest level I ever got when I went to England the it wasn't that the speed of play was higher it's that the speed of play was significantly higher like shockingly higher to me like i i I remember like they sort of made me prove to get to a different level and i got to the sheffield united level like so for me it was like such a big deal i got there i went on against norwich it was u16 and i was radically out of my depth and i think technique wise i I could hold my own with them. Like that might sound arrogant to people listening and stuff. I I do. I think technique wise, I could, I was so out of my depth. So the speed of play wasn't just, and this is me putting myself down. It wasn't just running. It was speed of thought and getting to those places. And, and I'm, I think you're right. Like it's not all because of tournaments, but that was, I was the culture I was coming from and I was radically out of my depth. Yeah. It could be like the, the kind of like the caged animal analogy, right? It's like, if you're given something a thousand million times, you're just not, you're not like hungry for it. You're not, you know, you're not leaving anybody yeah. wanting more, but when it's like, you're playing one game a week, you're going to use this 90 minutes and you're going to go absolutely nuts. And you're going to have to start you're not faster and playing faster. Yeah. You're, you're right. You know what? The caged animal is amazing. Cause I, like, the guys, I just, I, I have, haven't played since January because of COVID we're all in the same boat. So I got an exhibition game against a club that we're bubbled with blah, 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 all that stuff. It was safe. But I actually said to them, I'm like, the way I see you right now before kickoff, it's like I have 18 Dobermans on a leash. And they're like barking to get like, I'm holding them back. Like I was COVID at that moment. Like they were dying and they went on that pitch. Like, I think you saw some of it, Jay, like they were, their speed of action was off the chart. Because That's it. And I even talked hard. to a player. I talked to a player who played against them. He goes to my school and he said, he, they were just around me. I, I couldn't play the ball because they were just around me in transitions. And I just didn't know what to do. Like the speed, it was because your sessions are there. Right. Yeah, and but, so, I, but I think it's like to Mark's point, like, and to, to every, to your, to build on what you said, Jay, they, they're not, they weren't holding back because they had a game at, in two more hours. Mm-hmm. They weren't holding back because they had a game the next day in a semi that they don't want to lose. So they draw that game and have a crappy game. Like they just, they left it out there. And, and like a hundred degrees in the sun. So, okay, guys, ready for the final? Or yeah. like, no one, but yeah. look at the kids, like they're dead inside, you know? We've all I tell been... the worst story about this too, like the whole tournament thing, because I was like young coach with uh, my Fury kids. And I was like, I'm smart enough, no better, do better. I, I got this. I got this tournament thing. 
we uh, we qualified. We had a game, a semi and a final. So the last game we didn't we didn't need it was irrelevant. And I rested my best player. I didn't play him a minute. Sat him on the sideline. I said, go sit in the chair. I made a big deal of it. I said, put an umbrella over you, sit, rest. No, not playing at all. It was like, he was shocking after that. Really? Absolutely shocking. He was terrible in the semis and finals. And we lost in the final. And I was like, I hate Raymond Bryan. Rest. <laughs> <laughs> rest is dumb. Yeah. So to get to these. Yeah, okay, go on. Sorry, Mike. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's probably the communication part of that, just to be a nerd. But, like, that's so interesting, that story. I remember you saying that. Yeah, it just it, – it, I like, a, 10 years, 15 years later, I think it's the right thing. I think I should do yeah. it again, but it kills yeah. me. I know. Yeah. To get these amazing teams together to go to tournaments or not to tournaments, you need something done. And that something is tryouts. Now, that's a very also North American – word the thing that we do here and are they necessary do we we need to break up the whole groups bring 50 kids in and do a tryout every six months to place these players or do we need to just simply move players up and down constantly within their you know whatever anyway i'm just, i'm gonna let you go on it but tryouts is it's it's it, to me it's a bad word i don't like it so, Jay, off you go. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anyone. I absolutely hate them. First of all, I'm terrible at picking talent. I'm awful, okay? I'm the first to admit it, and that's why I feel terrible. Like, I I just I, I don't enjoy them. I don't think it's right, especially at the youngest ages doing it. Uh, and I think we're slowly starting to move away from that, but if we're very late in the game to do that um, – I mean, I love the story of, I think it's in Denmark, where, or is it where Holland's from? Where is he from again? Norway. Norway. Norway, sorry. Where they, you know, they just put everyone together and, you know, they do some mixing and matching. And, um, but it's like always the third or fourth tier kids that get the third or fourth tier coach. And it's like now where Holland was uh, mixing with like girls, even different mixed players. And um, a lot of those players play pro semi-pro top level and uh it, it, there's studies done in that in that group so at first i, I don't I, it's, I think it'd be uncomfortable as a coach to coach all those mix i'm a teacher too to have all like but I, I have mixed abilities in my class every single year and you know we you find a way and, and and good coaches good teachers can teach that and, and uh so i i think having the kids around the best coaches is more important than having the best players around each other, which I do think there's value, but I think the first is way more important. You need good coaches around every single one of those players. It's not good enough to give uh, just a warm body or a volunteer, which you guys know my stance on volunteer coaches who are crap. Um, Until what age, sorry, just to interject here, like what age do we start separating by ability? Um, I don't know. I, right now it's U13 um, at, at OPDL age, I think. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I, I, I just – that's where I stop. I, I, I love coaching from like U8 to U13. Um, yeah. to me just, and, our, yeah. our setup here is, is meant for exactly that, though. Is it like we have a U9 premier tier one, tier two? So, I mean – if you're mixing and matching, then you're sending your kids out and they're, you know, 
they're just they're, they're, you're setting them up to fail. But do you in this, have to yeah. mix and match for the game? Yeah, I don't know. Do you have to mix know. and match for a game though? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, do you do you separate ability at U nine to play in in the games, or do you mix no. and match for games? I don't know. I don't no, know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mix and match for games so much. I would just do it. And I know Steve wants to get in. I started to take this over, Bye. but like, I would. I would. Uh, yeah, because then I don't want the lowest kid, the most like emerging talent, who's faced against this like kid who's like six feet tall at U eight. I mean, there's no point. He's not going to get any benefit, but. That's where like, that's where like, who cares about the tears? Meet the coach. Have I like, you know how we used to do with Fury, and I know um, other clubs. Parmar does this a lot, and we started doing it with other clubs where you just meet the coach and like, hey, these are these guys are kind of like this level. Let's play them at this level, and I like that because you got kids who are dribbling and feeling good. They're scoring goals. That feeling of scoring goals, a kid, every kid should have that opportunity. And I, I know when I was doing work with the youngest kids, U eights. I made sure, I wanted to make sure every single kid got to score. That's my first question. Like, did he score? Yes, good. Have that feeling, you know? Steve, I don't know what you think. Uh, I'm glad you asked it, Mark. You asked it before and then like a rapid fire to us and we both answered we don't like tryouts. I'll just go straight to just that question to address it first. And I agree, I stand by that. I had a couple coach friends calling me out on and asking and we had a great discussion. I, I hate tryouts myself. Um, I, I like the word trial better than a tryout. I like if, because people are always going to say, what if uh, Johnny Italian comes from uh, Rome and he's here now all of a sudden, well, put him on a trial with the, like, and find the right fit for him. I, I don't like a specific tryout. I think, a tri I think tryouts are for parents. Tryouts are so yeah, club administrators yeah. can say, you had to try, everybody had to try, everybody had a fair shot, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and really like it, it's BS. It's just so much BS. Like, no, they don't. Sorry, they don't. You, you put that kid on trial who might panic in a, in a tryout and give them a week. Like, like me, again, I went to Sheffield United. They didn't put me on a one-day tryout. They gave me a two-week trial, and I wasn't good enough. But I had a trial. I have zero complaints. So I, I like trials better, which goes into what Jay expanded on. Um, it's very hard to argue with his Holland example. I really want to find that link and post it on our social media for coaches out there. It's hard to argue. They did study it. How is a player like Erling Holland so good if he played with girls and mixed age and all this stuff, obviously something worked. You can't look at someone like that and say it didn't work. Um, so it's a great, great point. Um, but just to answer your tryout trial, I think tryouts are BS. We all know it's BS. Just, bring a kid in let's find out where he goes like an example i'll give my son in hockey he played c one year lowest level ever this kid came in two weeks after the tryouts and he was like no you're c because the tryouts are done the kid scored like eight goals in the first game and i just was like why are we doing this to this kid and i sat with his dad in the stands and his dad's like i asked and they won't do it and nobody will do it and too many parents will complain this kid played an entire year he must have scored 98 goals and we we can talk about the value of that there is value of it in the big fish small pond but we're talking about a competitive player who was in c so he's like four levels down there's no value in that there's value if you're that good like gretzky scoring not for that kid so we, we pigeonhole ourselves into these it just does not make sense i can categorically destroy tryouts right now whoever's listening and you think oh these guys are idiots so you need tryouts i'm gonna prove it to you right now the first rule of football and this is like Objective is communication. Yeah, true. Second, decision-making, technique, and speed is last. But what does everyone look at in tryouts? Oh, that kid's so fast. Yeah, oh, 
you know, that kid has, has good technique. You, you're, no one's looking at the communication decision-making and they can't because that kid doesn't know who the heck that kid is. And sometimes kids only pass to their buddies or they pass who they're comfortable with. And it's like, that's what you're assessing in the trial. You're not, you, you're, it's, it's, it's upside down. It's like Raymond Bryan says, it's the world upside down, right? So it's like, we actually need to do what Steve said and do trials, let them in for a couple of weeks, get them in the communication, get them in understanding the periodization of whatever the, the session that the team is doing. And then, then you can actually see them and then place them. What's the rush? They're nine years old, 10 years old, 11. What's the rush? Where are they going? Are they, are yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to completely support you with the communication as well. Like the trial I was on, I went into that game out of my depth. The one good thing I did in the first half, I took the ball off a guy. I thought he was overlapping with me. He wasn't obviously communication. We didn't know each other. He bought, like gave me just a whole bollocking screamed at me. I came off at half. I apologized. He said, no worries. He's like, you did it right. We communicated at half time. And in the second half, we actually had a moment where like we combined that fast that wow. fast but that was communication to your point but yeah. if i was cut after the first half or first tryout yeah. who yeah. knows i got cut anyway but the point is your communication yeah, exactly. like i got better in 32 minutes like that's yeah. in, in, immeasurable in a tryout immeasurable that's perfect perfect example of how that works so well we're gonna go from uh, from steve being uh, you know very underrated there at sheffield united ah. we're gonna try a, try a new segment it's called rated, underrated, overrated. Oh my God. I'm going to name professional European players, and you're going to tell me if they're rated, underrated, or overrated. I'm so it's- excited. You are having the best show ever. Wow. This is my weakness, though. I'm not good at this. Well, Go do your, it's your opinion. It doesn't matter. It's your opinion. Of course. Go, Mark. First I'm so one, happy. I'm going to name some obscure Albanian. Yeah, yeah do it. Good. Go to Jay first. Go to Jay first. <laughs> so I'll just say... I'll say the name and we'll go J Steve. Okay. Just one word or you can expand whatever it's a, if it's a big. So anyway, first one, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. See, this is where I go. I don't, I don't love him. I don't love him. He gives the ball away too much. Underrated, uh, overrated. Sorry. Overrated. Love it. This is amazing game. I love it so much. It's right such now. a good game. It's so terrifying. I'm gonna terrifying. say, I'm gonna say rated, but I wanna slightly go to underrated. If I had a little like ticker, I would say rated. He scored a lot of goals. He got recognized by a lot of big clubs. I kind of want to say underrated <laughs> because a club like Chelsea maybe arguably could have kept him longer. But I'll give Jake credit probably they were looking for a more complete player for that role. Yeah, well, that's that's what I was going to say. But I said now if he was playing, he'd probably be, be you know, kind of yeah. not really that effective. But like back in both. that day, he was just a like a, yeah. yeah. Robert Lewandowski. Rated. Um, rated. I'd go underrated. I think well, he's maybe different. underrated. Yeah, he's he's different class. I think he's so, he is. so good. Yeah. He's for yeah. sure would have won the player of the year, like golden ball or whatever last year. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's underrated. Uh, for me, it's like why he's, he should be at the, every conversation with Messi and Ronaldo. That's probably controversial for, but he's nobody scored goals like him for the last 12 years. Nobody. There's always nobody. like that third player. There's always that third player is always yeah. getting in there. Right. Like Modrich too at that time. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's and always number. Yeah. There's a three and he's the three Zlatan for a long while. And I think he's yeah. the three right now. Yeah. <clears throat> Anthony Martial. 
rated. I, he scares me when he's dribbling at uh, defenders. I, I rate him. I just think he's in a place with a crap crap manager. Sorry. I'm I'm gonna say like I'm gonna be a jerk to Man in that like he's overrated because his talent isn't overrated. His consistency and Eddie said it best: good pros consistently make the right decisions, and he needs yeah. to be more consistent. Jordan Henderson. He's underrated. I'm guilty of it. I have to hold my hand up, and I hated him for so many years. But uh, if it's Klopp that made him better, I hope so, because that makes me look somewhat good. He's definitely underrated. But isn't he that guy that you just mentioned in that list of priorities? Like, maybe he's not the most talented, but he's that communicator, right? Like, he's that using that number one important skill in games – turning a mediocre player into a top player. His decision-making has improved immensely, though. He doesn't give away the ball, like, near as much. I think right now you have to say he's rated, though. Like, his press in the last two years, he's got his due. He's definitely got his due. If you're going underrated over it, he's rated. I want to say he's underrated because I think he's amazing. I think he's matured into a leader. I think he's matured into his communicating decisions. If you listen to them, like, that's the one point you made, Jay. And ever since you made it, I'm like so finely attuned to listening to the voices in those quiet stadiums. As soon as he came out at half, pressure on the ball, yeah. pressure. Like yeah. I was running to the screen. Like, <laughs> yes, I was shaking. It was incredible. So Nemanja Matic. Oh, Mark, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> I He's scary. I think he's quality, man. I don't know if he's underrated. I haven't seen him play enough, but I do when he plays – he rarely loses that ball. He's such a smart he's player. Sandro. Sandro. That's yeah. who he is. Yes. I think he's underrated. I underrated, do. yeah. I think he's a yeah. winner. He won at Benfica. He won at Chelsea. He won at Manchester United. Maybe they won a league, but I think he's smart. And you're right. Doesn't give, I think he's underrated. And everybody always talks about, like, who do they need to buy? And he's never in, like, a team that – because they always just replace him immediately. I think he's underrated. Yeah. I, I hate when Liverpool have to play against him. When he's not in the team sheet, I'm happy. Me too. Lukaku. Oh, you're so good. First of all, there are a lot of Man U traces here. Like, you're showing Overrated. Yourself. I can't stand him. Just because you're big doesn't mean you're good. Like, uh, he doesn't have to be as good as everyone else. He's just a big freight train. He's always been big. I don't even agree with his age. I don't think he is the age he is. I think it's a full-on lie. I think Lukaku is definitely overrated. He should be a pro. He's that. He's a big, massive. He's a monster. But look at uh, what's that guy on Wolves? Uh, Traore. Traore. Traore's a trillion times better than Lukaku. And he's huge too, right? He, he, but he grew into that. I don't know what steroids he was on. But at Barcelona, it just shows you the difference. Two big guys, but Traore didn't have to be, you know, he had to be good. He had to be better at Barcelona. Lukaku did not have to be good. He was so big, he can make a mistake and, and, and cover up for it. I think he's yeah. overrated, plus, plus, plus overrated. Oh, that's amazing. I'm going to say underrated. I love it so much. <laughs> such a fun game. You know why I'm going to say underrated? Maybe I'm going to contradict myself from a previous answer, but he just buries goals. And sorry, the game's about winning and scoring goals, and he scores goals. I don't care. If he's on a Barca team and he doesn't fit my style, maybe I don't take him. But I'll be honest with you, man. Where has he not scored goals? Did he score a lot of Man United? Did yes. you like him in United, Mark? He did score. He did score. I Personally, I didn't like him because I was just and mad at everybody. I don't think I gave him a fair shot. I just hated everyone at that point. 
but he did score goals. But he also missed a lot of goals, and he has no mobility. Yeah, it was, it was. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm so not. If you were that big, you would be. You would have had four World Cups under your belt. But I'm not, and he just buries that guy. I'm like, I know. I pick him. I pick him. Okay, here's the 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 most unhappy human being on earth, Richarlison. Oh Jesus. UJ. Oh God, overrated. I don't like him, but I don't know if it's because the Everton what he just did to Thiago. But I mean, I, okay. When I watch the the Brazil documentary, I'm like a fair weather. Like I'm like the wind. I liked him. His work rate. He just put everything in. He's like the the life of the change room sometimes. No, he's not really. Yeah, well, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I watched it the other day. He's a he's a he's a little shit disturber. Like he's making fun of the keepers and the you know during the training, which I la- I laughed. I had to watch over and over again. But I think as a player, I would pick probably a thousand and two more strikers over him. I think he's a really good player. I I I don't like him. I don't. He's the opposite to Ronaldinho. Like the Brazilian happy yoga TV. He's the opposite. I'm with Mark. He's so angry. I just want to be like you, little angry elf. Be a little angry elf. <laughs> like he, like, but he's good. I'm going to say rated because I think he gets his due. And I, I think he's a quality player. Pablo Dybala. Oof. I like him. Rated. He's my type of player. I like, just love him. I'm, not, I'm nowhere near like him, but I, he's my type of player. I would pick him because he excites me. He's a game changer. He's a difference maker. It's I just been like wish- three managers at Juventus don't play him. I don't what something's off. Something's wrong. I don't know. Steve, what do you do you do you think what do you think? That's a good point, Mark. I would say rated, um, to maybe even underrated, because he just keeps coming back. Like maybe that's proof he always proves his worth. The reason I would say almost underrated is because I feel like he's like Matich, where people just always exclude him. They're like Juventus are gonna get this guy, this guy, and they just always exclude that they already have Dybala. Yeah. And he just scores. He's like Higuain. Everybody wants to replace Higuain, and Higuain just scores goals. Benzema at Madrid. Benzema's like one of their best I players. Benzema. I He's love Benzema. Good. Yeah. Um, and funny note, Dybala's um, cousin, like second cousin, is in Peter's class at St. Michael's. Shut up. In Ottawa. And I asked the mom. They have pictures. They they originate from like Argentina, like Polish that went to Argentina. Like it's just some weird. It's it's crazy. He's Dybala's. Saint Michael's Corkery underrated. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Two know. more. Two more. I'm gonna pick. Uh, who am I gonna go? I got like ten look, here, but I'm gonna pick look, uh, Griezmann. Uh, ra- rated. I love Griezmann. I love him. I love him to death. And. Uh, I, I just uh, that's all I can say I love I love watching him I think he's incredible I think I love his story and a uh, smart gifted player I don't know what's happening in Barcelona but that's other than that I, when he was at Madrid uh, Atletico I love watching him. I think he's I think you have to say rated I don't think you maybe go either way I don't know I'm with Jay well, I don't know what it is at Barca I thought he'd fit he's like everything to France he was everything for Atletico like what a player I love him too should can I do one more? Local, I'll do one more because I can't pick player. between Mark, the two. You're a local player. Can, oh, can I punch him? Uh, a local flavor. Why not? Yeah, last player. I'm not going to do him. I'll do him. Di Maria. I 
absolutely love Di Maria. So this is, uh, I love that you ended on this one. I think Di, Di Maria is an electric, wiry, nasty, dirty, sneaky little player. And I love him. I would pick him in my team 100 out of 99 days. I love him. I totally agree. Massively underrated. Like I think Madrid just like always need a new toy and they didn't want him. And he was so good there. I think underrated. Everything Jay said, times two. Love him. All right. I hate him so much from his time as Man United. So, but I mean, who? There's so many failures there lately that it's just it's probably not even fair. But speaking of me wanting to um, talk about Di Maria, let's talk about rapid fire. Yes. Because I want to shoot him with my rapid fire gun. Rapid fire. (laughs) Zoo. You're at the zoo. An animal enclosure is everywhere. What animal, and I'm going to give a list of animals. What animals would you jump in to save a child who fell in that enclosure? Oh. Would you go in to a giraffe enclosure to save a child? Jay. Um, yes. I just want to put a disclosure is I hate zoos and I would never take my children to zoos. Go on. (laughs) I would do a giraffe. I would jump in. Yeah. Walrus. Is that in the water? It's in the water. Full in the water. There's no rocks. The child fell in the water. You got to go get it. And there's like seven walrus in there. (laughs) There's seven now. Oh, Oh my. Whose child is it? Uh, just somebody that's at the zoo randomly. Very nice couple. Uh, nice, nice family. Walrus, is it it's not in, mine. I don't jump in. Not with seven. Is the dad in a wheelchair? <laughs> like, he can't get his, like uh, why am I in the hook here? They're both walking. I don't know if I can do a walrus. I would hesitate. I would hesitate. I'd look around and no one did it. I'd be like, oh, God. I'd, I'd be terrified, though. Small enclosure, gated, 40 raccoons. A little baby crawled underneath. <laughs> oh my god! You both would die. So, uh, God, I'd have you'd have to do it. Like, but I don't want to. I'm like, I'm like skirting. I'm like, I'm like poking my hand. I'm like with my leg underneath with a the tree branch, branch, trying to scrape yeah. them out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do the raccoons, but same as Jay. Like, but I do the raccoons. I'd be more afraid of the walruses for some reason. You know what? I probably have food with me, so I'm, I'm, I use it as a like distraction. Yeah, three ram. No problem. I don't think they would they see me as a threat. No problem. Stupid, <laughs> stupid question. I stupid. I think I would do it, but like because even if they hit me and I'm like I'd be like taking a hit from a linebacker. Oh, and then but you get up. Yeah. I don't think That's they're true. killing me. The helmet would scare me or whatever they're wearing. It would. It would like, scare yeah. me too. Oh yeah. yeah. You'd move. A big boa constrictor. God. I mean, I don't think they are like stalkers and they're trying to kill things, but I would be terrified of a boa constrictor. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I I would do it, but I'd be like more scared than the walrus. The fear of it, like wrapping around you yeah and, that's, and it. that's my slowly, worst fear in the whole and world slowly yeah. like your head goes in the mouth but you don't even get eaten quick you slowly get digested into it or whatever <laughs> yeah, brutal. but i think brutal. you have to because jay like it's not a you know what though? you know what i'm mad because if, why am i saving these freaking losers going to the zoo anyway like i don't even like the zoo 
and these ki- these guys are paying people to abuse animals and like i the kids them. the kids don't know the kids are just in the yeah, innocent ones a lynx one lynx oh god no <laughs> i'm out it scares me i'm out they're fast it's such a good response oh. i mean god my kid only my kid yeah i'm with you only my kid sorry all right last one it's too easy though i i i'm gonna say a black bear but the black bear is 140 yards away and the kid is 50 yards away i'm not scared of black bears Really? It's cornered like if I'm a threat, yeah, I'm scared. I would be nervous, but I'm more scared of the lynx, I think. Yeah. yeah. Cats are cats are devastating, aren't they? Yeah. Scary. Yeah. All right. There's a barbecue in Ottawa. Huge Ottawa soccer barbecue for all the Ottawa soccer folks. Who do you think is manning the barbecue? In Ottawa soccer, like who's like I got the barbecue guys. Who is the that alpha, guy? Who's the alpha barbecuer? Yeah, that's so good. That question, Felice. Never. What? <laughs> you're you're right. He wants to, but I think there's a revolt before people. Oh, you know what? <laughs> can I can I can I because I went first. Can I just fix that? <laughs> I want to say I'm gonna play tribute to someone I know, and it's just too easy. It's easy. Alex Zlowski, oh. for sure. He's no guys. I got this. He's all over it. There's five barbecues. Everything's finely tuned. I go with Alex Zlowski. I'm always organized. Always like on the ball with that. I'm gonna suck up in my answer, for sure. Tom Bastian from Bastian and Ferguson Real Estate is gonna take care of it. He's an alpha. He's going to take care of it. You, you sell your house with him. He takes the care of the barbecue. He gets the paperwork done. Tom, Miss, Bastion. You know what? Both amazing answers. <laughs> Just work together. They work together. Ottawa's taken care of. I love that answer. Yeah. And it wasn't even reversed. I feel no, weird. that's the best part of that. Like, I, 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 I even didn't want to ask it because it may have taken too long to think, but... That were ended up gonna, being a great gonna, one. If we didn't say those two, were you going to do the promo for them? No, not today. Who do wow, you we pick? Nailed it. Who do you pick? Yeah. You can't pick them two. Yeah, who do you pick, Mark? Oh, man. Honestly, I have no idea. Yeah, uh, neither did we. It's Matt, called a Matt Williams. Yeah, that's why Matt. I'm the host. That's why I don't Matt, want questions. Matt Williams. Oh, Matt Williams. Matt Williams is a great show. You know why yeah. I'm going to take him out of the running in my mind? He's too social. <laughs> yeah, yeah bounce, you know what? Bounce. He's bouncing around the room, Matt Williams. That, that's a good. That's a good point. But I think he is. You know what? Matt Williams would organize the whole thing and appoint a barbecue. Oh, yeah, that's what yeah. Matt Williams would. He's do. a CEO. <clears throat> yeah, hundred percent. Speaking of Matt Williams and Gloucester Celtic, Gloucester Celtic legend Joey Kewen against St. Anthony star Marco Natoli in a croquet match. <laughs> Who would you take? In a croquet match. Croquet, eh? Croquet. I want to say Kewen because he's our boy from PDL and God, he just never quits. He's, I think he's like one of eight kids. Like this guy just goes, but it's a finesse game and it's, I'm going to go Natoli and I don't know. I don't pick Natoli. I get grief from that. I love Natoli. I think he's a fantastic player. I think I would take Natoli. Sorry, Joey. I love you so much. I can't. 
I'm going to go Natoli too. I just, for some reason, it's no, there's no logic, but in my brain, Italians are better at croquet. Don't know why, but that's how I think. What? Amazing. You know what? I, when you said that, I was like, you're right. I know. In my <laughs> mind, I'm like, every Italian is good at croquet. Yeah. It's like, yeah. they are. <laughs> you have a 10 page, okay? 10 page Where's Waldo book. How long does it take you to finish that book, Finding Waldo? That's an amazing question. I absolutely love the Waldo books. Like people are going to make fun of me for that. I, I don't care. I They're love hard. It. 10 pages. How long would it take you? Trying your absolute hardest. 36 minutes. I enjoy them. Now I just want to answer better than Jay. <laughs> like I don't really, now I, my answer's skewed. Five minutes and 59 seconds. Great. That's what I want to say. But they're hard. Like I have a hard time. I do them with my daughter like at night and I'm always like, no, you can't find them yet. But secretly I also can't find them. <laughs> I just pretend I'm a parent who's like, I already know. Well, yeah. I was thinking a minute, a page, right? A minute or two, a page. So 20 minutes, two minutes, a page. I don't know. Yeah, That's yeah. what I was thinking. But sometimes you get stuck and you're, you're like, I, I can't do this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like you get hot and you're ang anxious. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yes. it's a killer. It is. Jay, I'm going to ask you this first. You're walking with your kids, 6 a.m., just enjoying the morning. You see a baseball hat on the ground. Looks like it's been there for a while. <laughs> Do you pick it up, wear it to bedtime for the rest of the day till bedtime for $2,000? $2,000 cash? Cash, right dropped at your front door. One million percent, and I hate wearing baseball hats. I would do that for two thousand dollars, no problem. Wow, that's easy. I do it for a hundred. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. I just got the money off me. Well I done. put the money too high, eh? I didn't like that. I, I never thought you'd do it though. Really? Yeah. Weird, eh? I think he put the money too high. I think if he asked yeah. fifty bucks or hundred bucks, I think he would say no. I'm not a germaphobe. No, if, I would do it for like. I wouldn't do it for like ten dollars. I'd do it for like fifty. Wow, I misjudged that in a big way. <laughs> would you rather? Okay, would you rather? I'm gonna go with Steve first now for the would you rather's. There's an apple on your head, like Johnny Appleseed. Someone has to shoot that arrow, okay, oh, through that apple. You have two choices. Oh, Balotelli, Mario Balotelli, or Gattuso. <laughs> wow, those are great. Good too, so good too, so easy, easy. I just think he's, I think he just, he's he's just a ravenous beast who wants to win and he wants to successfully get the air offset. Balotelli, I have no idea if he wants to hit me in the eyes to laugh. I I go with Balotelli. Even though I love Gattuso, I go with Balotelli because he's got nerves of steel. And i and that's what you needed. Like holding that, I can't have any shaking. Gattuso has too much of a conscience. He would care about you too much. Balotelli, like you said, doesn't care. And he's just like, and I need that. Good point. So, Good point. I, I like it. You're at the Dalglishes for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> would you rather sit beside Paul Dalglish or at the kitty table. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
I, I, I sit beside Paul Dalglish because Kenny would be at the adult table. Yeah, but then you're not, you're not, you're stuck. <laughs> I just, if, because I, but you're, this is too personal for me. I like Kenny Dalglish, my like childhood idol. I take a 45 second conversation with him and Paul Dalglish talking for 45 minutes over the kitty table, just the, the hint of talking to him. Love him. Yeah, I'm a Steve. I'm a Steve. I think you should have put it like instead of the kitty table, like sitting with like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think it was more of, I thought is more of just shock effect of like how yeah, yeah. abysmal it would be. But I'm thinking reverse. I'm thinking Dalgleish is such a great grandfather. He's more at the kiddie table talking to them like, hey, you guys wow. finished your day. And I'm there like, what's up? And then we get one-on-one time. You know Jesus what? True. Last, a couple Thanksgivings ago, I got, at least his family, I got put to the kiddie table. <laughs> I got bumped. Like I got bumped because like the grandkids like, are are old enough to be like adults they replaced me because they're blood relatives and i went to the kitty table and i became like will ferrell i wanted to make everybody laugh and have the best time over exaggerate <laughs> ha, 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 laughs so the parents were like what's happening at the kitty table that's oh, amazing i was that's so good got it yeah would you rather would you rather Dust your salad with a big pinch of Deitch's nose hairs, okay? Or take a shot of half blood and half water. Oh, whose blood? Whose blood? It's been cleared. Balotelli's? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wow. Such an interesting question. You're such a weird person that is a weird weird person to think of that one half yeah. blood half water shot yeah. shot yeah. shot yeah i do the blood and water because it's over and done with yeah just because it's done I'm down i want to look at it when i stab my fork into it and stuff <laughs> oh. nose hairs yeah imagine blood, the blood's cleared. blood's cleared like it's cleared. yeah Blood and water, yeah. Oh my gosh, oh. so weird. What do you That's do, Mark? So I need gross. to know what you do for this one. You can't get out. What do you do for this one? Well, I think I wasn't sure until Steve said, or one of you said, just get it done quick. Just yeah, okay. get it's it good. done. I yeah. couldn't, like, it takes like four, you know, like 15 minutes to eat this out. Every bite, you're like, oh my God. Uh, yeah. Nasty. Would you? <laughs> Would you rather? I'm just going to end it on a good one here. Would you rather in the winter build a snowman or a snow fort? Such a great question. This is this is a pretty good one. Yeah, it is. Because I don't know. Jump in, Jay. I don't know. Snow, snow fort is a lot of investment. Like, I'm yeah. tired sometimes, I guess. I would go. But you get more value out of it. Yeah. I'm going to go snow fort. I've done more snow forts. I think I lean towards those. I'm with Jay. Like, like I'm an old man now. Like, I got to invest time in making a snow fort. I don't want to go outside. I'm in front of the fire. Like, but the reward of it, we've done some at our cottage and like massive ones. And it's like, you feel like you built a castle. Like you feel like a, you know, like you just feel good. So I have to say it, but I don't want to invest any time into it. I want somebody to do it. The kids are gone for an hour hour or or two and you've done your job. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. All right. Well, 
That's that with that. If you're in a foreign country and you listen to the show, email us. I want to hear from the people in the Phil. Was it Philippines? Yeah, it's not working, eh? No, one's no, talking. it's not working. No, I need to hear anybody in a foreign country. Hold on. Email what? us on our social media. You know what? Why don't you take the initiative and learn like email me in Phil in Filipino? Oh, that's a great. Challenge. That's like investment of the snow fort. It's just not happening. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, just, it's just too much. Maybe it's like a bot. Maybe there's like a bot in the Philippines. It could be. Could be yeah. a VPN in Philippines or something. It's just yeah. like. I don't know, somehow romantic to our show that like there's someone there listening. Like, I feel like we're helping that person in their life somehow. <laughs> and, like they yeah. listen to us and like, it's like Karate Kid. They have no friends and we're Mr. Miyagi or something. Like that's what <laughs> my mind thinks, which is terrible. That's, that's on your mind because of Cobra Kai. Yeah. Cobra Kai reference. Cobra Kai is the best show ever. Yeah. So we're going to hit a quiz. It's, I think it's 8-6 for Steve. It's a simple quiz. We mentioned hair a few times. You know How many I, hairs? You know what I did? I preached that I was like sexy football and like I have standards and I vented at Jay and then I stooped to his tactics to take the lead. And yeah. you like actually getting the question of Charmaine's goals was like it exhilarated the audience, but I <laughs> yeah. have a two goal lead from it. Like you were hard done by. Oh my gosh. Now you're making it worse. I totally didn't see it that way. I love that. It, it, it's an amazing angle. I love it. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. How many, how many hairs are on an average human head? Who gets to answer first? Um, Jay, since you did so well. Look at him. On, the, was, on the Hooper goals. He's <laughs> you a back. Do I tactically foul, Jay, now? Do I tactically <laughs> foul at the end of this? Oh, that was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you want him back now and now he's yeah. like back in the lead it's like, it's like we have to email him answers this is how bad it's getting <laughs> yeah all right jay how many hairs uh i'm gonna say 10 million steve 10 million wow well, who's who's head of hair are we talking an about? average head of hair Male in Canada Person. or in you looked Person. it up on Google and Google just said average okay. humans head of hair has. Yeah, that's right. So men and women. Ten million. Okay, he says ten million. I say you say one million, you win. No, I don't want to do it. I'm better than that. Five million four hundred and thirty. The answer is one hundred thousand. What? Yeah, only one hundred thousand no. hairs on a human head on average. Yep. You're kidding me. Isn't Not that how kidding. many people live in Waco? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Let's just Steve, say it. Kidding. I'm gonna say it. Let's just say it. If she listens, I, I want. I'm gonna address her because yeah. yeah. people have listened to the Charmaine show. Hopefully, she picked one point two million. There's hundred and thirty thousand people in Waco. That is the worst answer of our show so far. <laughs> Like yeah, the guests always an established footballer. Yeah, yeah. The guests always won. Like I think every quiz yeah, she was yeah. way off. Yeah. That was, that was way off. That was bad. Yeah. So that's it. We'll wrap it up with that. Um, fellas, see in hell. I don't know where we wow. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That was grim. That was, yeah. so that was You know what? Waco's on my mind. 
I don't know. That's why. That's why. Yeah. Anger. Yeah. Okay. See ya. very much for listening today if you haven't already please subscribe to the podcast and of course leave us a five-star review if you want to get in touch you'll find us on instagram at soccer snob one on twitter at soccer snobs one by searching for us on facebook and of course on the web at www.soccersnobs.ca backslash listen you can leave us your opinion give us any comments and if that's where you want to get nasty feel free to do so